Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm Jeff McLean here along with Zach Berman. The Novacare Complex Wednesday for the Eagles are to fly to L.A. and face those Rams, those 11-2 Rams. But the big news of the day, Zach Berman, Carson Wentz has back soreness. He will not practice on Wednesday. Doug Peterson would not rule him out for the game. Would not rule him in either, though. He wouldn't rule him in either. And Ian Rappaport of NFL Network is reporting that he will not play Sunday and that there's a chance that he will not play for the rest of the season. Um, you know, there, there, there's a quite a, a difference between what Doug was saying and what Ian is reporting. So, you know, what's your gut say about this? Is, is Carson done for the year, or do you think it's just going to be one game? It's a good question. I don't have a firm answer. What does my gut say? My gut says that it might depend on what happens Sunday. I mean, certainly it's not looking promising for Sunday. I don't think they would have tried to get ahead of the story as they did if it was if it was nothing to worry about. Uh, there's probably something there. It's worth noting that he's been dealing with a back injury this season. He was on the injury report back in October, two weeks in a row, limited in practice because of a back injury, and the team made it sound like there was nothing to it. But Doug Peterson said this is not game-related, so this is something he's been dealing with, uh, and clearly it's at the point where they need to take a step back and look at it. I don't want to jump the gun here because, I mean, I, I get my back hurt sometimes. doesn't mean like I have, you know, major You're not problems. 25, though, or 26. No, and yeah. I'm not an elite athlete. But I think you should give yourself credit. You play soccer. Okay. <laughs> that being said, um, you know, this is the third injury that Carson's had since he's been in the NFL. And four years in a row, his senior year in college, he missed time with the broken wrist. Right, and the question is whether this is something that's chronic or whether this is something that's related to a shot he took early in the season. Well, or is it related to the, the knee? Is he compensating, overcompensating because I, of that? It's hard to make that that. Yeah, I mean, I I think is it fair to ask if he's injury prone? Yes, but it's not all the same injury. This is not like a chronic knee injury like Sam Bradford had, where the injury kept having the same knee kept having soreness there. Uh, all of these injuries have been independent. Perhaps the back is related. I don't know if that's the case. Um, but, you know, some guys are just more injury-prone than others. And it's absolutely fair to ask this, this, this question right now of Carson Wentz. Well, two of those injuries, if we're, if we're going back to his college, uh, his college days, his senior year, were, they're, they're, not, they're injuries that he took a shot on his arm yeah. and then he took a shot to the ribs. In the preseason. In the preseason, yes. so I mean that's not that's not related to his his body. I mean maybe some guys are more well, the, prone to get. But that's hurt my point, though. They is get that hurt. All these have been independent, right? But I'm, but but I'm saying he's. But you missed, said injury prone, and no, I'm not. saying he's missed time. Now, if he misses this game, it will, or if he misses extended period, in an extended period of time for uh, in four consecutive seasons. No, I mean that that's you know that's fair as I pointed out at the top. But I mean I, I think it's a little quick to early to say injury prone but i'm not saying i'm saying it's a worthwhile conversation okay that's fine okay um i i would still be utterly confident in his long-term prospect would you shut him down even if like just hey we don't want to mess with this no i would not um i think he's got to play i think uh if they're if they lose this sunday if they're mathematically eliminated and he has a back issue then i can see it before then though no, I think that's a horrible message to send. I think it's a horrible precedent to set. I, I think it would be impo- I, he wouldn't allow it. 
Yeah, if he did, it would raise some questions. Lord knows he wants to play on Sunday. So exactly, um, and that could be part of the reason why Doug hasn't ruled him out definitively. They got to tell Carson, <laughs> or you know, what I'm saying we we saw this happen in earlier in the year when Doug was juggling. I think Carson's feelings about whether he'd be back in time for the first game. So, and he wants to be out there, and they still obviously have a chance now of winning that wild card. I don't know if it's going to happen. They, you know, they're not in the, they're not in their driver's seat right now. But if it's Nick Foles and not Carson Wentz, I mean, what, you know, the odds are what the spread's nine. What's it jump up to now? 14, 15, 16? And, and Show I, some I, respect. I'm for not, this no, I'm, I'm not taking a shot on Nick Foles because we saw what Nick Foles did last year. Obviously, <laughs> we saw him come into to, to that game. Yeah. I mean, this is you know we're. The, Carson's returning to the scene of the crime. I mean, scene of where he, uh, so he got hurt called, last scene year. Of the crime. Scene of the crime. And, um, but with Nick, his struggles a lot of times have come when he's had to jump off the bench or had to play a game you know, for the first start, a game for the first time after not playing for an extended period. That has been when he's generally struggled. So Yeah, and, and to be honest with you, um, I, I mean, we both – know Nick well, we've covered him for a while. I haven't spent much time thinking about like Nick in relation to starting this this weekend. This injury is still relatively fresh, but you're absolutely right. As as you said it, it was kind of jumping into my mind that, that, that Nick's kind of best when he has his feet underneath him and um, is, is in a rhythm and knows what's going on. Um, but maybe this simplifies the offense and actually helps him. I don't know. I mean, we've seen that at yeah, certain I mean, points. Like like Nick Foles is is the he's the Super Bowl MVP. So he's won big games. He's played in big games. The stage will not be too big for him. We know all all that. I think that though at the point in the season that they, that that they, that they are, I I know they're mathematically po- it's possible and still somewhat realistic for them to make the wild card. But when you're talking about Carson Wentz's injury, I don't think you're thinking about it in terms of what it means for the season. I think you're thinking about it. What does it mean for the overall picture of your franchise quarterback? Do we want to look big picture? Sure. I mean, we could talk about the game, but yeah. Well, we'll I, talk about the game. I mean, we're not going to talk about the game now because we don't know for, yeah. for a fact whether he's going to play or not. We have we have Friday's podcast to talk about that. Sure. But, I mean, this is kind of all, as you mentioned, raw. We just found out about this. We didn't – there was really – I mean, aside from those uh, practices in October, we had no reason to believe that Carson had been playing injured. You know, the Eagles won't say that, but as you mentioned, Doug said it didn't happen in the Cowboys game. This is something that he's probably been dealing with. Now, he hadn't been on the injury report in November or December, but look, in watching him play, does he seem like the Carson pre-knee injury? I'm not talking about his play overall. I'm saying in terms of his athleticism, the types of plays that we saw to Carson last year. Uh, he's, He's not moving as often as he did a year ago. Uh... I will say this. I spoke to Press Taylor about this topic. Press Taylor is the quarterback's coach. And what Press said is that he is such a command of the offense now. He's going through his progressions more than in the past maybe he would have tucked it away quicker. And that certainly seemed like a plausible explanation. And when you look at at kind of the completion percentage and the dump-offs, it's certainly plausible. Maybe in the past Carson would look downfield – Local and, and at a certain point, he would tuck it away. Uh, so whether it's – the team has said, 
I, I, I did a story on this three weeks ago, and the team had said it's not related to the injury, the lack of running numbers. Okay. Uh, but in terms of him moving, he's not moving as effectively. I no, think that's fair to say. What I'll say is that what we don't see out of him is that escape, escapism, uh, extending plays when they, when they have broken down. I think that is where Carson hasn't been the same. That's where I've seen a difference. I mean, I, you know, and, and yeah, look, look, I agree. mere mortals can't do that. No, but um, he could do that his first two seasons. Yeah, and and I'm trying to figure out how to answer this because oh, it's hard he, to say. It's, he it's has not black you know, white. He did it against Jacksonville. Okay, he he did it in the Colts game, but he's not doing it as as frequently. The the numbers bear that out. So I would agree with you. Right. But if it's, I just don't know if it's related to the injury or not. Um, I don't think. Consciously, it probably is, right? Um, Carson certainly won. I mean, in that Colts game, I think he made a point of coming out and doing stuff like that because he wanted to show everybody that he was back. I mean, I think that's just Carson. He's a prideful guy. And I do feel like he has said over the um, the three years he's been in the NFL that he he wants to be always pass first before running. Uh, And we we had made a big deal last year in the offseason, well, I had a little bit, that he had to change his style. Exactly. I was just he about had to say that. He had to stop being so reckless. And I think we've seen him improve in that manner. He can't get hurt again. But there is a time and place for making a play. And as you mentioned uh, many times before, John Filippo, whose name has been in the news obviously this week, but his goal to Carson was always like one first down on the ground a game. And you're not seeing that right now. And you're not seeing that. Yeah, and, and so I was going to bring up that story you wrote during the offseason. You did a good job talking to a lot of different people. and You, know, you got into Ben Roethlisberger and mentioned some of the things Frank Reich used to say. Uh, and Carson was almost defiant. Is that a fair word to use during the offseason when we asked I'm him I'm going to be about, me. Yeah, that he's not going to change the way he plays. That's what he said publicly. I do think, though, and I can't put myself in Carson's mind, but I, I do think – that he's less prone to expose himself to some of those situations uh, because he knows it, you know, and, and he doesn't want to have a, another ACL or another major injury. Well, he doesn't want to be, as you mentioned, labeled injury prone. He doesn't yeah. want to be missing games. And you, you, in mentioning my story, one of the guys I prominently mentioned in the story was Ben Roethlisberger, and I think that is the quarterback that I would most compare Carson to. I agree with you there in the NFL. And we, saw, and we saw Ben early in his career. He, there was like 14, 13, uh, 15, you know, like those types of seasons for him. He'd only play 13 or 14 mm-hmm. or 20. You know, he was, he'd get banged up and miss a game here or there. He's still like that at this stage in his career. He's, yeah. You know, he but, was banged up this week. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Um, but he had done a better job yeah. of not trying to overextend plays to the point where he was getting hurt. And you spoke to Mike Tomlin for that, didn't you? Yeah, but he, yeah. he didn't offer much. But I, okay. <laughs> but I did talk to Bruce Arians, who okay. had, had been his offensive coordinator. And Arians, I think, had a better uh, understanding probably of him than Tomlin. But, uh, and his point was that, you know, you, just, you can't be Superman anymore. Now, you want that guy um, at, at, certain, at certain moments. You have to pick your spots. Mm-hmm. And maybe with Carson, there's just having, there haven't been as many opportunities for him to pick those spots. Now, this injury, though, this is not a knee injury, and we don't know if it's – there's any even relation to the knee injury, a back injury. A lot of different players could have could have back injuries. It could just be the result of a hit he took in the pocket. But it's it, so it might not. So so I don't think this injury is related to the style of play. But you brought up Ben Roethlisberger. I, I mean, some guys are just more prone to to injuries or getting hit. 
I, I, I shouldn't say injury prone. I just think Carson takes more hits because of the way he plays. Right. And Roethlisberger is the same way. But mostly he's taking hits, I think, because he's held the ball too long or the offensive line has had breakdowns. I mean, yeah, that's, but that's in terms of holding the ball too long, he's, he's a guy who's – who's willing to hold it a second longer to make a play. And that's part of what you love about Carson. Yeah, but he hasn't been making as many plays. I mean, that's that's yeah. that's been a big problem this year. Last year, that was almost the difference in games. This year, it hasn't been there. I mean, there was a specific play against the Cowboys, the, the, the strip sack right before the half, where he uh, – Ertz was his first read, and he, he looked, looked, stared him down way too long. And then he didn't get over to his next guy, which was Aguilar, who was open over the middle, and then he got sacked. Like that, I don't think I've seen that that Carson since his rookie year. And even then on his rookie year, I think it was because, you know, he didn't have many receiving options sure. to throw to. Um, it was one play, and, you know, he really rebounded in the second half of the, of the game, uh, I thought. But I think we've seen a little bit over the last month, Zach, a little more hesitancy in the pocket with Carson. And I don't know if it's related to the back or what, but it's certainly fair to question whether it is or not. Well, you talk about that time period. Uh, that's essentially how, how long he's been dealing with this. Uh, if you go based on the reports that the Eagles give out, the injury reports, yeah, it was October before the bye. They came back from the bye after the Jacksonville game. The first game back was, was Dallas. So you're looking um, – it, it was a four-game stretch there, or or five-game stretch there. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. It was a, the, so you're talking about the past five games. We should talk a little bit about. I mean, I guess their chances of, of the wild card. They got uh, not significantly better, but they got better when the sure. Seahawks it's, beats when the Seahawks beat the Vikings on, on Monday night. So definitely plausible. So right now, the Seahawks are the Seahawks are in the it, number one seed. In terms, I mean, there's two the wild card seat. spots. They're the fifth seed. They're the fifth seed, but they're the, now the uh, kind of almost a shoe in. They're eight and five uh, with three games to go. It sounds like they'll probably get one of the the wild card spots. Yeah. The other one is between the Vikings, who are six six and one, mm-hmm. the Panthers, who are six and seven, losers of five straight, Eagles six and seven, mm-hmm. Redskins six and seven, mm-hmm. who have lost how many in a row? Four, mm-hmm. and. The Packers. Five, seven, and one. Five, seven, and one. If you were to pick one team of those five, who would you pick? Minnesota. Vikings. Yes. Uh, who who have fired John Filippo? Who fired John Filippo? But their their path is the clearest. I don't think their schedule's too burdensome. They have Miami, uh, they have Miami Detroit, Chicago. Correct. Um, and A lot of it could depend on whether Chicago wants to play that last game or not. Yeah. And I, I just think that's a... Uh, because they're six six and one and ahead of the other teams, I don't see them collapsing here. Uh, for the Eagles, the Eagles don't have the tiebreaker over the Vikings or the Panthers. So for the Eagles to make the playoffs, they need to run the table, so go three and zero, and have the other teams lose one game, okay? Or they need to go two and one and have the other teams lose two games. Um, and when I say the other teams, I mean the Vikings and the Panthers. I'm eliminating Washington. Okay, well, I'm going to rank them in order then, and okay. then I'll ask you that. Okay, so I, I, <sighs> I'll start from the bottom. I think the Redskins are five, mm-hmm. Eagles four, um, Panthers three, Packers two, Vikings one. Packers have to soft the schedule, and they have fired their head coach, and they 
delivered a whooping on Sunday to the Falcons. Well, they have the best quarterback. They have the best quarterback at all. Yeah. So that's why I would not rule out Aaron Rodgers. What, what year was it when he said we're going to run the table? And they 2016. Did. And they did? Yep. And started with the Eagles on Thanksgiving. That is correct. They were in, this, they were in the same situation the Eagles were in. They were 4-6, and six, I believe, yeah. and, and ran the table. Um, so, obviously, the Eagles have an uphill climb, and, and certainly with now Nick Foles and Carson Wentz possibly out for Sunday facing the Rams team that is coming off a loss to the Bears, probably – you know, they still have a lot to play for. They want to win that one seed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a tough task. It's going to be a tough task. coming off a loss. We should mention the Filippo firing or talk about it a little bit more than just mentioning it. Uh, not, a, not a huge surprise. There were various reports that maybe there's some friction between uh, Mike Zimmer, the head coach there, and, and Filippo. There was criticism. I mean, uh, Zimmer said it publicly uh, you know, about not running the ball enough. And they got shut out in Seattle on Monday night, as we all saw. And it seemed with Flip, uh, maybe there was a. There's certainly been reports out there increasingly that this is a kind of a. Uh, some people view as a self promoter, someone who's looking for that next job, the head coaching job, and maybe that got in the way of his coordinating. I I think that's ludicrous to, to suggest unless you have some sort of proof. Because, well, I think it's because I mean he wants to win. He he's he's not. He, if he wants to become a head coach, and certainly he wants to become a head coach. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Every- he, you're, you're coaching to win. I, I don't think the, – the, there was a perception that he was, like, doing this to dazzle people. No, he wants to win games. Oh, no, oh, no. I, I don't think it's that. Um, uh, well, that was that was yeah, implied. Yeah, that's been out there, and I think you can't write that or say that unless, unless you know that's the case. Um, I certainly don't think, though, that there was – kind of a, a, a congruent objective between a head coach and a coordinator. Well, we've seen with um, Zimmer now. This is the second offensive coordinator yeah. that has left midseason. Mm-hmm. Two years ago was North Turner, and Pat Shermer took over there. And this time it's it's uh, John D. Filippo. I think with Mike Zimmer, who's a good coach and really good defensive coach, that he wants you know some sort of old-school offense that runs the ball and, and helps keep his defense off the field. Um, that could uh, that that could play into why he's not a Filippo guy, D. Filippo guy, and John is you know, um, you know he wants. I don't think he wants to be viewed as this kind of like Sean McVay forward thinking offensive mind. But I mean, in this league, you want to throw. You want to throw more than you than you run. And and look look, D. Filippo wants to be a head coach as any ambitious young coach should. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, you know. Uh, you and, don't want that getting in the way of no, and I don't think but he, he, but he it, it but, did, but I don't think it's it's. Uh, he was asked those questions by us last year because he had exactly. he, he was interviewed a few times. Was interviewed for, by the Cardinals this right, past year, yeah, yeah, and he and he, I think he always handled it the, the right way. You know, I'm not focused on that right now. You know, I'm focused on the task. Yeah, but hand. he's he's a guy who, uh, and you had a good story during the Senior Bowl two years ago when the Jets wanted him as the offensive coordinator, and the Eagles blocked him then. Yeah, and and. Di Filippo, I, um, you know, I, I think he understood that his time would eventually come, uh, as it did last year. He got an opportunity to call an offense, didn't work out, and he's he's responsible for the way that offense is playing, um, or, or not the, the players are responsible, but he hasn't handed it. In terms of him coming back to the Eagles, I know that's what what fans really want, you know, or it's I, I shouldn't say fans. What I've heard on social media is bring him back and they, how much they miss him. And I am saying this not to disparage Deep Filippo or Frank Reich, but this is Doug Peterson's offense, okay? 
And certainly the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach have a big role in terms of the game plan, in terms of the, the, the development of players. But Doug was responsible for last year's offense. Doug is responsible for this year's offense. Is that fair to say? Yeah, but I also think it's un- unrealistic to think that Doug was going to rehire DiFilippo now that he's been fired, now that he's out there on the street. No, you could put someone in like a senior games. advisor, you know, to the offense role. I mean, it's something. It's it's been done before. The the Bengals did it this year with Hugh Jackson. You know, special assistant to the head coach. Yeah, I mean, just I just, to kind I of just get think it. yeah, but. I think in light of the the criticism that has that uh, Mike Rowe and Press Taylor have, have taken to to bring one of the old guys back and the, and to place them in there would have been undermining both of those guys. And I don't I don't think there's any way, in sh- shape, or form Doug would have ever done something like that. I just don't know what it would have accomplished right now. That's the thing. Well, that I agree with that too. But th- he's not going to do that. Yeah. I mean, if he does that, uh, you're you're basically you're basically. <laughs> Forecasting the fact that Mike Rowe is going to get fired. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, whether that, that may still happen, but you're not going to do that to undermine your. your no, players. but I, I mean, this off season, it's certainly plausible. No, I'm not talking about the Filippo specifically, but I, I think it's certainly plausible that you bring another voice in, maybe in, in addition to Grow. If if they didn't want to fire Grow, if they don't want to fire Grow, I would, then you can have. I could see them doing that. like like a, a senior advisor. You know, for instance. The Chiefs had... Well, they did it with Marty Morningwood. Yeah. Andy Reid did it many years ago. And Andy hired Brad Childress as, like, spread game coordinator, you know? No, you, I mean, again... So, I, so you can just have a guy, and you don't worry about the title. You just worry kind of... You just have that voice in the building. Absolutely. And if they don't want to... If he, Doug really wants to kind of stick his neck out for Mike Rowe, that is something that, that could possibly happen. But that being said, and also it may have to happen because... Who, I mean, they're they're not they're going to have a hard time getting a guy to come in here that's good or at least can be good if he doesn't have the ability to call plays. And Doug Peterson yeah. calls the plays, but I don't think that type of move would serve John T. Filippo well. I just don't know. Like, if you're John T. Filippo, I think you want an opportunity to either be a head coach. If uh, if if a team just says there's friction there with Mike Zimmer, we like your mind, we like your organizational right. skills. Or go somewhere else where he can call plays. Right, and we don't really know how good of a play caller Flip is. He did it for one year with the Cleveland Browns. Did a nice job because he had Johnny Manziel and then he had yeah, a couple other Connor Shaw. Yeah, and much. they put up a lot of uh, yards yeah. and points that year. And but this year hasn't been that great in Minnesota. You know, he was the quarterbacks coach here. He handled the red zone. Did a lot of uh, the, that. A lot of that was his responsibility. Did a very good job. I think Flip is, is a good coach, but uh, I think the Flip thing is never going to happen here. You know, at least underdog. I think more likely is to bring you know a veteran coach who, for some reason or other, is it, it needs a job. Mm-hmm. They bring somebody out of retirement or something like that. Another voice here in the building. Um, real quick, we should mention that Corey Grant, I mean Corey Clement, and Josh Sweat were placed on IR. Twelve players now on IR. Um, you know, at running back, they do have Darren Sproles. We'll see it'll probably a little more Wendell, that good old Wendell Smallwood. Mm-hmm. And defensive end, they've pretty much been going with the three-man rotation. So I guess that's the way they're going to ride it out with Michael Bennett, Chris Long, and, and Brandon Graham. Yeah, they added Deshaun Hall uh, at defensive end. He's um, he's a third-round pick from a year ago. Hasn't done anything in his career. I think that was a guy just to get into the building, though, have during the offseason. If, if there's an injury to Long, Bennett, Graham, then Hall will be the next guy on the depth chart. But I agree with you there. I'm more thinking about this ter- in terms of big picture. Josh Sweat's not like a foundation piece for you, 
but he's a fourth round pick who who maybe could have been part of your defensive end rotation next year. I don't know the exact nature of, of the injury. If he misses the offseason, that's a big blow for him. And then Corey Clement, the Eagles have a, have a very unclear running back position going into next year. We're thinking this is Sproles' last year. Um, who knows if Smallwood's going to be back for his fourth season uh, or, or make the team then. My guess is they're going to add a running back. They have Josh Adams. Adams might be the top guy. But if Corey Clement has a knee injury that's going to miss extended time, that factors in too. And, and Doug Peterson only said that Corey's injury will affect him during OTAs. He might not be ready for OTAs. Would not confirm the nature of the injury. No, we don't know if it's an ACL or an MCL. Always it was knee. Or, or a knee sprain or something. Yeah, we don't you, know. You hammered him on that question. You tried to get it out of him, but hopefully we'll find out here. <laughs> I tried asking directly, is it an ACL? Yeah. And Doug did not say no, and he did not say yes. He said it's a knee. Yeah. Well, that doesn't sound too good. But it's – but. You know, I, I should say, generally speaking here, um, this time of year, it's important to kind of monitor these injuries because if a guy gets hurt and it's a four-week injury, right now they're going to put him on IR most likely. But as you saw with Carson Wentz last year, if a guy gets hurt this time of year, they might not be back for week one next year. Nope. You know, because if it's like an ACL and you lose your entire summer. And if you're a young developmental player, um, that's, that's a big loss. Well, we saw last year with a lot of the uh, season-ending uh, ending injury the Eagles had that affected those guys, and they've had a few of them this year. And um, on top of all the other roster changes that they'll have to make this year, it's going to be a lot of changes, I yeah. think, this offseason. All right, well, we'll talk about that, obviously, at some other time. Uh, that's it today for the Bird's Eye View podcast. That's Zach Berman. I'm Jeff McClain. We'll talk to you later this week.